The Hen That Feeds You is an audio drama podcast that follows a linear storyline. That means if today is your first time joining us, first of all, hi, welcome, how you doing? Secondly, make sure that you start with episode one and listen to each episode in order, or you just might miss something really important. Please be advised, this podcast may contain explicit language, adult situations, including sexual situations and elements of horror, as well as other content that may make some uncomfortable. Listener discretion is advised. And now, without further ado, let's jump in to the hand that feeds you. A loud pounding came on the outside of the car's window. Andy's relief quickly faded into panic. Someone or something was still out there, and it was trying to get in. She could see the outline of one or maybe two, but little more. All around her, Every square inch of window was covered in a thick layer of condensation. Andy felt like a fish trapped in a murky fishbowl. The pounding came again. Who's there? Andy tried to say. But after all of the screaming in the cold night air, her voice only managed a raspy whisper. Andy drew in a deep breath. Then, let it out. It was time to see what was out there. After all, she had already faced one demon today. What's one more? She wrapped her trembling hand in a coat sleeve, then reached out to wipe the window. Oh, thank God. It's just Bennett. She saw his friendly, perfect white smile beaming back at her. 
Andy let out a sigh of relief, then turned the key one click and rolled down the window. I thought this was your car. Everything all right? He asked, sounding more like a concerned father than an otherwise perfect stranger. Yes, I'm, I'm fine. I got caught in the storm. That's what Julia thought when you didn't come home last night. She sent us up here to look for you. He proudly pulled Jordan closer to the car window. Jordan smiled shyly and gave a quick wave, to which Andy returned. Nice to see you again, Jordan. He blushed, but said nothing. Thank you, both. It, it was really sweet of you to come all the way up here just to make sure I was alright. With the storms we have up here, you can never be too careful, Bennett insisted. Andy nodded. After last night, she could certainly vouch for that. Well, thanks again, and thank Julia for me. You can head on back. I won't be far behind you. Afraid you ain't going nowhere like that. You might want to take a look. Bennett pointed a finger and made a sweeping gesture at Andy's car. Oh, great. There goes the deposit. Andy opened the door and stepped out of the car. Yes, sir. She's in there pretty good, he laughed. Apparently, Andy had driven off the road, and now all four tires were buried in mud all the way up to the underside of the car. Perfect. She groaned. Ah, not to worry. My boy and I, we can get you out of here. No problem. He sent Jordan to grab the chains from their truck. You will be careful, won't you? This is a rental. Not to worry. Done this a million times. Shouldn't take more than five or ten minutes, he said reassuringly. Now that she was standing, all of the liquid in her body had rushed down to crowd her bladder, and she suddenly couldn't resist the urge to pee. If you two will excuse me, nature's calling her. Make that screaming, <laughs> she said with an awkward laugh, then grabbed a handful of napkins from the glove compartment. Thank goodness I hit that drive through She shuddered at the thought of having to use leaves as toilet paper. Knowing her luck, she'd accidentally opt for poison ivy or something. Although, an itchy hoo-ha would be the way to top off this perfectly awful trip. Take your time. We'll honk when we get you out, Bennett said. Andy left them to it and turned to the woods in order to find some privacy. After she'd walked about 20 yards or so, she stopped. This seems far enough. Even though she figured it was probably less than 100 feet to the edge of the forest, she could no longer see the outside world. All around her, there was nothing but trees, ancient by the size of them. They towered over, so thick that they cut out almost all sunlight. Although the morning had been clear and the sun had been shining so bright, she was now standing in 
near total darkness. After finishing the unpleasant task and feeling much more relieved, she started to head back. She walked and walked and walked. What the hell? She had walked into the woods in a straight line. She was certain of it. Now, she was following the same trek out of the woods, but the edge of the woods was nowhere to be found. Hello? 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 Bennett? 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 Jordan? 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 She tried to yell, but she was still too hoarse. Hearing nothing, she made a mad dash for what she assumed to be the direction of the road. But it seemed that no matter how far she ran, the woods continued to stretch for miles and miles all around her. She looked around, surveying the landscape, looking for something, anything, that looked familiar. Wait. What? Something did catch her eye. It hadn't been there before, had it? It couldn't have. The forest had been so dark, surely she had seen it, if so. But there, only a few yards away from her, the sun's rays came flooding down on a spot where there were no trees. Walking closer, Andy realized that the light stretched for some distance in a straight line. Wait a minute. This is... a road! Andy gasped. She hadn't noticed before, and without the sunlight coming in, she would have never spotted it, for it was buried under a century of dead pine needles and rotting foliage. Surely, this road had to lead out of the forest. Once again, Andy bolted as fast as she could up the road. After about half a mile, she stopped, dead in her tracks. The road hadn't led her back to her car. Instead, Andy found herself in a massive clearing near the edge of the cliff. Oh. My. God. Andy couldn't think of anything else to say. A million thoughts were racing through her mind. This was it. She had finally found it. The very thing that had brought her to Maine was now staring her in the face. The charred remains of a grand mansion stood between Andy and the endless sea which lay roaring behind it. It was just like the picture. The glassless windows peered down at her like a predator looking upon its prey. The roof had long since collapsed and the stone walls were slathered in ash. But the ruins still stood proud and majestic atop a lush green carpet of soft grass. Time to go. 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 Time
to start the next chapter of this book. Her emotions teetered between frantic nerves and boundless excitement. She made her way up the sweeping stone steps, stopping at the front entrance. A heavy pair of splintering wooden doors still stood, devotedly holding their charge to keep out the outside world. She could hear her heartbeat pounding in her ears as she reached out for the rusty iron handles. Though they looked surprisingly capable, the doors opened for her with no effort. A blast of stale, damp air came rushing out of the open doors. From the porch, Andy could see that the front room was a great hall. Though the walls were marked with the fire's destruction, the traces of grandeur were still ever-present. At the far end of the hall, a sweeping marble staircase prominently rose to the second floor. Andy shrieked with excitement. She had dreamed of this day, of this very moment, and still standing here. This was even more perfect than she could have ever hoped for. All right, Andy. Let's do this. She drew in a deep breath, and then drew one foot over the threshold. She stopped at the sound of her car's horn. Shit! Not now, she thought. Andy had just convinced herself to pretend that she hadn't heard the horn and to venture on when All right, all right! There was no use in trying to explore while she had someone breathing down her neck. She wanted to be able to take her time and savor every moment. Andy pulled the doors shut, descended the stone steps, and began the long journey up the road, certain her car must be at the other end. It was. I was worried I was going to have to send Jordan in there after you, Bennett said with a laugh. Andy's car was now sitting back on the road on all fours. She's as good as new, or she will be, after a good car wash, he laughed again. A car wash indeed. The car was caked in mud, but it seemed to be fine otherwise. Thank you both so much. Ah, think nothing of it. Bennett, how long have you lived in Hollingshead? Andy asked casually. My whole life. Born and raised. Why? So, you know the story of urban legends. He cut her off. Ghost stories. Nothing more. He continued. Even so, I I find them fascinating. I know Julia doesn't want to discuss it, but I can tell that you do. 
Do you know anything about the disappearances that happened up here? Bennett's face fell. A few people came up here to commit suicide. That's all. Not really the sort of thing that someone like you ought to be worrying about. It'd just keep you up at night. Clearly, Julia's threat had gotten to him too. He wasn't going to give her anything that she could use. Enough talk about such things. We gotta get you back to town. Julia Galden said that your friend came by the house looking for you. My friend? Andy asked. The Hand That Feeds You is written and recorded by me, Tim Baker. I sincerely want to say thank you for taking the time to listen. If you enjoy the podcast, don't forget to subscribe. I would appreciate if you could leave a rating. That's what helps the podcast appear higher in the search results. And of course, don't forget to tell your friends. There's no better way to promote a podcast than by word of mouth. New episodes will be released every week. And again, thank you for listening. Until next time, stay skeptical.